I think when it really clicked with me, my wife had kind of given me an ultimatum and said, Hey, Warren, if, if you don't do this in two weeks, I'm going back. And at this point we, we have had our second child. I'm going back. I'm taking our children back to Florida. I'm going to go stay with my father and mother. And you can either come with me or you can sit up here and chase your dream. Right. Until you, uh, until you, you find it, I'll be waiting for you in Florida, but you know, we got to eat basically. I mean, it, it came down to that. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love, but our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. Have Warren Cox on here. And this is, I, I don't know how I connected on, on this one, but like as soon as you said yes, I was like super excited because um, <laughs> huge guest, huge like potential, huge history. Welcome. For, for people who don't know you, Warren, give us a little, give us a little down low. Thank you. What's up, Cody? Good to see you, man. Super excited about this as well. So uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, man. So Warren Cox, I'm the, uh, I'm the regional for the Southeast uh, region here at Suntuity Solar. I've been in solar about uh, a little over five years, going on six years now, uh, specifically down here in the state of Florida. It's where I live, kind of made my home and and uh, made my bed to rest here in solar. Uh, when I started solar, uh, just to get a little bit into my story, I know you know a little bit uh, of it as well. We know a few of the same people, but I went to uh, Liberty University uh, in Virginia. Um, after college, I was in the restaurant business. I also worked for uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, helping people with uh, mental disabilities, fragilic syndrome, uh, Down syndrome, uh, things like that, find jobs. And then I would actually train in that so I was good enough to do it, I would train them how to do it and kind of back my way out. So it was almost like business to business, wasn't really sales, it was kind of at a, at a young age, uh, very emotionally rewarding, but uh, not as much like financially rewarding, right? It's a, it's a government job. So unfortunately, most of them don't uh, pay like they pay, pay as much as they should, but it was very emotionally rewarding. Um, one to get out of Virginia, the, the depart, that department kind of shut down, uh, government cuts, budget cuts. Uh, and got offered to to stay, but I ended up going uh, going down to uh, Florida after that, and was down here uh, running restaurants. Met my beautiful wife, and then I had my college uh, one of my college roommates, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Jeremy Wicks, uh, still in solar. He's out in Chicago now as well, doing great. But I'm sure you know sure you know Jeremy. He's been in the industry for quite a while as well. Jeremy kept reaching out to me, saying, "Hey Warren, you gotta you gotta come do this," and uh, uh, kind of here we are today, right? So. About six years ago, uh, my wife uh, was uh, beautiful and very supportive, but uh, has to be a little bit crazy, decided to let us move up to uh, New Jersey uh, to do solar. And uh, we're there for a few years, uh, did pretty decent when the laws kind of changed here. I uh, came back, I got to come back to her home and uh, with her family and then, and then back to where I lived uh, for about six years before I'd, I'd started solar. So it's amazing oh. to be back and, and solar's kind of, kind of turn the tides here in, in Florida uh, with solar now. So it's amazing. So walk me through something here. So I, sometimes I get on this podcast with people and we interview or you hear other interviews with salespeople and they're like, 
you know, from 14 years old, I was knocking doors. I had, you know, selling lawn or whatever, you know, or, or writing, doing, what do they call those things? The, the curb painting, like paint people's like house number on the curb. Right. But it sounds like for you, you were more on like the social work service end. Yeah. So I worked in restaurants. That's what I really enjoyed. And that's what my passion was. I still love to love to cook for my family and friends. And, uh, uh, that's what I really wanted to do. So uh, I went to to business school. Uh, that's what my major was in was business, but uh, it was it was way back in the day. So not, no Facebook or anything did yet, right? So, uh, but it was all set up towards mainly owning a restaurant one day. Uh, so I got to experience and work with a lot of people. I was a corporate trainer for a while in the restaurants as well. Uh, in that time, kind of working uh, through those those uh, government issues, whatever. But um, that's what it was. I never really had an interest to do much in sales. I never really knew it was like a trained skill like that. I didn't think it was something I would really be good at. It wasn't something I had a passion for. Um, I think what's really clicked it off with me was, was solar. And then also when you're running restaurants, man, you're getting home at, you know, three, four in the morning when you're closing down a restaurant and you, uh, you have my telling you and showing you paychecks of what they're making. Um, and they're doing something different instead of, you know, serving people booze or whatnot, right? Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it started to weigh on me uh, after a while. And you're working those long nights and you're starting to expect your, your first child. And you're like, man, I, I want to do something else with my, my career and see something sustainable for the, for the future, provide something for my, my future kids or, or my children. So that's kind of what got me into it. It wasn't really the sales. It, what got me into it uh, also was I didn't really see solar here in Florida, so it was kind of a temporary thing and knew it was a temporary okay. thing for me to go up to New Jersey um, and ultimately get back down in the South um, and be able to supply people here with clean energy, right? So it was more of a passion thing, but then also I just got sick of seeing those those solar paychecks, man. <laughs> and you're out grinding, <laughs> you're out grinding, get home at four in the morning and you're, you're seeing these solar paychecks and uh, uh, you start to say, wow, I can do a lot of that. And and I've always wanted to help people. You know, a lot of times the people that you want to help most are the, the people that you really can't. And in, in life, unfortunately, a lot of times you can help a lot more people when you have significant income or a significant opportunity uh, to change people's lives. And uh, so solar was kind of that for me. And uh, thank God it was because I, I was not good. It took me it took me a long time to get halfway decent enough to even support myself or my family. Right. So uh, thank God I did see it as something a little bit bigger than just a, a, you know, an immediate source of getting income or an immediate, you know, skill skill set that I was learning to to financially be, you know, stable. Right. Um, yes, that's well, kind of what drew me through was seeing a little bigger picture than just financing it. Well, what was that transition for you? Because that seems like, like for me, when I got in, I came from pest control door to door to solar, so it wasn't like too hard of a transition if I'm honest like I got a sale with my first week and was off and running you know like as much as I want to tell a story about how hard it was yeah it wasn't that hard for a lot of us that transitioned from a, a sales background like but for you you were definitely on like a service background so was that a little harder for you like what walk me through those first few weeks it was tough like uh going from New Jersey and then like growing up in Virginia my whole life and coming from Florida to New Jersey um to South Jersey, it was just very, very tough for me 
uh, to go door to door. Uh, it was a lot of getting over myself. I was, I was in much better shape back then, Cody. So it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of getting over myself. I was used to people coming to me for food or for drinks or for good times. Right. Um, I wasn't used to going to them and pounding their door for something they had already heard 50 times, right? Like New Jersey was already a pretty heavily saturated market. So for me, I just wasn't good at it. Um, I had great leaders, great training. It just wasn't clicking with me. Um, for some reason, it didn't really click with me. Um, I think, and I, it's hard for me to really pinpoint that date. I think when it really clicked with me, my wife had kind of given me an ultimatum and said, hey, Warren, if, if you don't do this in two weeks, I'm going back. And at this point, we, we were have, had our second child. I'm going back. I'm taking our children back to Florida. I'm going to go stay with my father and mother. And you can either come with me or you can sit up here and chase your dream, right? Until you, uh, until you, you find it, I'll be waiting for you in Florida, but you know, we got to eat basically. I mean, it, it came down to that. Um, and I went out, it snowed heavily, man. I was still poor. I was wearing my boat shoes. I put plastic bags over my feet. And the next thing you know, we had those three, four foot snow drifts and it was time to go knock. And it was the day after I got that ultimatum and, um, you, you just knock enough doors that you meet the right person. And I had a, a really amazing uh, uh, elderly Italian guy invite me in, super heavy South Jersey Italian accent. And he basically cussed me out, out asked me what I was doing there, uh, invited me in, uh, he forced me to take a shot of vodka because I was freezing to death and, and told me I was awful and, uh, at my job. And he had done sales for a while and owned a woodworking shop told me I was really, really bad at my job, but he saw my passion. He had already signed with another rep from another company who had a, a pretty big name. And um, uh, he, he called, he said, I'm gonna cancel right now with this guy. He said, you're, ter you're terrible at your job. <laughs> he said, but he said, I'm gonna help you get better at your job. And uh, he signed with me. He called and canceled with the other company. He signed with me and he said, show up tomorrow. He said, you need to study your trade. You need to get better at your job. And uh, he said, you need to get comfortable talking to people. And, and he said, show up here tomorrow and I'll, I'll put you in homes. And he knew everybody. It was a 55 plus community. He knew almost everyone. He was a handyman in the neighborhood. Uh, he was just a great guy, had a great story. And I the next day and he starts putting me in homes. And, uh, you know, I still wasn't good at all. I called uh, Jeremy Wicks and begged him to come sign a deal for me and show me how it was properly done and record it. And that deal went extremely well. I recorded it all and I just practiced with my wife. I, I tried to make what Jeremy was doing myself and try to, you know, mimic it as best I could the body language and everything. It, none of that made sense to me for a long time. And it just kind of clicked and, and went on a, went on a spree enough, you know, enough to start making money and for my family to see it as a career in solar and, to give me that leeway to, to start to master my craft. Right. And, and, uh, and it kind of took off from there. I did, I did, I did great from there, still struggled. And then it was time to, Hey, the laws changed in Florida time to move back to Florida. And you know, the same thing happened again. It was all, all finance, you know, very low rates, uh, compared to Jersey, not as much savings for the customer. And it was yeah, in the face again in time to learn your craft completely over a different way. Right. So, but it was fun. Yeah. So that, that breaking point for me was when my, I think my wife gave me that ultimatum. It snowed. Uh, I got cussed out my probably uh, three times in my first 12 doors of that day, like heavily, heavily cursed out 
because it was snowing. People didn't want to open their door. And, um, and I, I went to the woods. Honestly, I went to cry and break down. And my father was a Baptist preacher. My father was one of, is the most supportive uh, man I know and definitely in my life and uh, my idol, right? But my father told me about this sermon from Bishop T.D. Jakes, where when it's almost your season, that life and the devil or whatever you believe in, right, is going to throw everything at you to try to stop you. And the ones that actually make it through are the ones that see that big spring and that you have to have your winter, uh, you know, before your spring to have summer. So uh, I, I, I went out, I saw that sermon on YouTube, physically, like emotionally and, and, and physically breaking down and was ready to quit, was ready to pack it up. Probably the closest I've ever been. And I watched that and it, it kind of hit me where it hurt. And I said, let me give this another two hours before dark. And, uh, and, I, and I got lucky, as people say, right? I got lucky and, and met the right person. And, uh, and it, it just kind of took off from there. And it gave me enough uh, finance and it put me in enough homes that I could really get good at my craft while I was in homes and, and learn it the right way. And from then on, man, I, I, I've just been super blessed that I had amazing leaders that I worked with. I was in dominant offices in New Jersey and dominant companies in, in New Jersey and got to learn from some of the best leaders in the industry. And even here in Florida, you know, uh, uh, battling with who we did to try to battle for the lease here. Um, you know, my, my mentors uh, still are, I still speak to them on a regular basis. They've, uh, I've been super humbled, super blessed to work with amazing people in this industry, you know, that have kept you going even through those hard times. But that was the big turnaround, I think, for me was uh, was that day where I got that ultimatum from my wife and I realized what I was putting them through. And it was like, hey, it was kind of now or never. Right. And um, fortunately, you know, uh, God answers prayers. And uh, it just so happened that I, I got lucky and knocked the right door, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I had a wrestling coach and he, this quote, I didn't like my wrestling coach, but <laughs> and this quote, and I really remembered it. And it's uh, luck is when hard, we, hard work meets opportunity. Absolutely. You know, and if you hadn't been working hard, that opportunity never would have come along the way. And that like, that hit there because you're working hard. If you hadn't been out there, then yeah, you just would have, we wouldn't be having this interview right now. You know, that, now yeah. that wouldn't happen. So, and uh, well, kind of uses a transition story. So the way I met Warren, we were at a, a company meeting and why did you even, I don't even remember why you wanted to go out and knock with us. We had some time <laughs> to kill or something. And, that was uh, a couple hours earlier or something, man. What yeah, did you say we about that so You were, we you were crushing up there. You were crushing. So I wanted to see what you were doing, you know? And so we went out, I had this new rep and uh, we went out to Sumter, South Carolina. And it's like, Sumter is like the... It's, I, I don't know, someone's gonna, I'm gonna say something bad. Someone's gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> Sumter's backwoods. Like, it's, it's a tough town, you know? And uh, let's just say the police heavily patrol the highways going in and out of Sumter, you know? Um, but we went out and knocked and, and hustled, and it was just amazing for me. Like, you, you'd come up for a work trip, and uh, you could just chill to the hotel or went and saw something, but you're like, no, I wanna go out and knock doors in some random backwoods town. <laughs> South Carolina and that's what we did you know it was really fun and like had a, had a good time learn from each other and and now you're taking those skills and you go down to Florida it's just you and fast forward a few years you're at almost you're you're knocking on the door of 100 reps mm -hmm. which is not an easy task and I can tell you I talk with Florida companies all the time that, that come to me for different things 
And uh, they struggle down there getting bigger than five or 10. Like most, most companies have five to 10 reps, even that you're at 77. Knock, again, you know, we were talking before this about getting, getting close to hundred, like walk me through that. That's, that's this, a second transition is going from, okay, I, I can knock doors. I can get sales as a rep. Now, how do I grow as a manager, as a regional, like all that jazz. So it was tough, man. It was really hard here because, you know, even the larger companies, there's just not a lot of money in it for them here in Florida uh, with the rates so low. So you always kind of felt like you were on an island. And then also Florida was just so unsuccessful that um, uh, it was just hard to, to find anybody that had been through that kind of niche, right? And it's so Hispanic dominant here in Florida as well that a lot of times, like, you know, the people that were doing great in Texas or Arizona where those markets really uh, applied uh, significantly in solar, uh, they didn't want to pack up and leave and come here to Florida. So it was hard to, to kind of learn that. Um, I, uh, I think when it really started taking traction was uh, I, I had when that lease broke through, man, we, I had recruited and hired, I think, 99 people before I, I, I uh, met and hired my business partner now, Eliseo Maldonado, which I think you met Eliseo as well before, Cody. But um, when I met Eliseo, that was the 99th guy I had hired and trained. So like most people, uh, you, you would just stop, right? Like the definition of, of insanity is continuing to do it over and over. Uh, but we saw a niche and, and then saw the vision and we kind of targeted where everybody else was kind of scared to go. Uh, and like you said, we went out in Sumter, right? You were, you were targeting areas where a lot of people were scared to go or didn't have the nerve to go or the, the time, right? They didn't, they didn't have that, that race in them uh, for it. Uh, to go and, and we decided that's that that's where we were going to stake our claim and, and we hit it hard and uh, you know the tides kind of turn then suddenly you know the the TPO the lease is approved here in Florida and then the and then everything just kind of starts to to sink in and it kind of builds and uh, it's like you kind of explode all at once man it really is it's you paddle you paddle you paddle through that white water over and over and over again and then it's kind of smooth sailing and you gotta hit white water again and paddle right through it. I think the, the hardest breakthrough we had was that 20 mark here in Florida, even that, that 10, 15, 20 rep mark here in Florida to exceed that where you have more active reps and that is so, so hard. And when we kept failing, I kept failing over and over and over again to hit that mark. Um, and that's really where companies need, I think, to, to build and really toss you know, the funds they need to your market is they need those 20 active reps that are producing, right? So that was the big hump we really needed to get through. I think where I, I really was successful at was I started to focus my time on building the leaders and, and building people to replace myself. And when I stopped worrying about all of these values of, oh man, well, if I taught this guy this, or if I did this, I'll lose my value to the company. Or if I taught him uh, all these specifics, right? I'll lose, what am I here for? When I dropped all that and I said, let me give this guy every bit of, of knowledge or this lady every bit of knowledge that I have and let me build them into a leader as opposed to trying to change how they like solar, but let me try to build them in a leadership way and teach them about the business aspect of solar uh, is when it started to click. And then you started to see people duplicating themselves and then they're starting to break off into their own little regions now, right? And that's, that's how it kind of happened. It took a lot of time. I think people just give up on people too much when times get tough, even in business with people that are loyal and people they trust, right? Or people that share the same vision as you. They have your differences and 
Uh, a lot of times when the money's not there, it's tough, but a lot of times when the money's there, it's even harder, right? And people start to get put against each other. I think that's kind of where we won here was we have a, a really amazing group of people who have become a family and we've all grown as individuals together. So it's not like we've just been building our own individual businesses. We've been building our dreams together, right? We've been building a life together. And I think that's where the big differences come in to play um, is we, we do it more based outside of the numbers. If that kind of makes sense, yeah, we do it a little bit more based outside of the numbers and we're playing a long-term game, right? I'm not set up to play in Florida for several months or while the, while the getting's good. I'm set up to play in Florida forever, right? Florida's gonna have a problem with keeping solar out of it forever as long as I'm alive, right? So uh, that's just always been my thing. When you have those tie-ins like that and you have people that have those same tie-ins, it, it just makes it easier when you have those long-term goals. You don't make those, those short-term immediate gratification decisions, right? So um, I think you just make a little better decisions in people and also in, in, the, in the future of your company and the direction you want to go, right? Yeah, yeah. John, I had a, this last year, I read a massive autobiography or biography about John D. Rockefeller. And he, he said, anytime he met a new employee, he said that your job is to figure out how to your, do your job and then figure out how to replace someone to do your job yep. and then figure out how to make this company money. Exactly. And then he, and then he said, also said, which is really key to what you said as well is like, he wasn't always trying to negotiate the cheapest deal for his company or like he would, he would overvalue companies and buy them for more than they were actually worth. But what that did is about loyalty, yep. you know, and that's what built this massive company and made him one of the richest men to ever live on this planet because he had different principles and values and he cared about people. Absolutely. You know? Like, and, and being in the game long-term and being in the market long-term, not just what's in it for me now, I'm going to sell at the cheapest price I can so that I can make money and get what I'm getting right now, not in the long-term. So I think that was like, eternal business principles that someone proved a long time ago, you're using that in solar, solar there. So I do want to have a quick little debate, not debate here, but a little discussion about the lease versus loan. Yeah. Um, there, people get in, there, there's some friction there between the two. I'm, I'm pretty, actually, I like the lease a lot. So I'm not just playing a little devil advocate here for people that are out there. They're like, loan's the best thing ever. So those are mostly the people that can't offer a lease or a good one at least. So, so <laughs> here in Florida, I mean, I know the loan very, very well, man. I thought for the longest time that that would be my only business here in Florida in the place I love, right. Was to be able to do finance and to do cash and, and finance options. Um, but for here, you know, that's a low income state. The average income here is about $42,000. Uh, the average credit is 643. So you look at those, those margins, are people really going to have the tax liability with a low rate in their utility for that to make sense? Um, you know, uh, it depends on how people's leases are set up as well. I know there's some dangerous stuff that can be out there, but in my opinion, if you have a solid lease, a lot of the times it takes that pressure off of the customer, first off worrying about whether or not they can qualify for the tax credit, also having the hassle of trying to do that in multiple years if it takes them multiple years to qualify for that. And then um, 
you know, they have that flat rate right off the get go as well. Right. Uh, with inflation, with everybody's bills going up, uh, I think, you know, $10,000 now is worth a lot more than $10,000 in 10 years. So a lot of times on the lease with the escalators and things, they can pay less money now that they might need uh, as opposed to the loan. Right. It all depends on how that person sets up. In my opinion, we really don't like to gear guys one way or the other or, or people one way or the other uh, to sell one way or the other. We like them to do a lot of question based so they get the trust of the customer, uh, but also so they can ask the, the right detailed questions to know if this customer is a good fit for a loan. If they're going to, you know, there's a lot of different reasons. Some people just like owning their stuff. It might better be better for them because I'm like, hey, Cody, I might not qualify for the tax credit, but I want to own it, right? And I'm going to be here 20 years. Some of the situations all matters to the customer, uh, but the lease here in Florida specifically is so valuable um, to, to not only get solar out there in the masses uh, as opposed to the way it was before, but also we have a lot of retired people here. We have a lot of military that are retired that a lot of people that were on disability that don't pay income tax that would not be able to go solar. It would not make sense for them to go solar without a third party ownership, right? Without us being able to uh, claim those credits or to, you know, put that equipment up and, and let them, you know, pay for it over time. I mean, that just, uh, that that's, it's, it's almost in, it's invaluable, man. Like you have to have it, I think in, not just in, in Florida, but in the nation throughout, it's something that has to be had. Uh, you know, people think that will die when the, uh, when the ITC goes away. Look, there's always a way where there's a will, there's a way. There's going to find a way. Uh, the utilities found a way. They didn't charge you 30 grand, put power lines up when you moved into your new home, right? They know over time you're going to pay for it. Money's in power. And, and with solar energy, this is the biggest power shift in history. The ITC will affect it to a certain extent but it's not going to stop it whatsoever. And honestly, I don't even think it's going to slow it down much. I think it will add such a sense of urgency uh, nationwide and customers in the next two years that it's only going to, you know, it's only going to explode everything even more uh, uh, when the ITC goes away and it's going to make people and new technology find ways to make it more cost efficient or, or utility rates will just go up because they have to. Right. So, um, uh, I think it, the lease is something that will have to be there. I think it's going to be something that will be there, but I think it's something that honestly, um, you know, being a guy that did all loans for a long time and only had that option. I think for people that say loan is the best and they're only one way and they only sell loans, uh, those people probably, uh, you know, no offense if I offend anybody, but probably don't pay as much attention to those customers exactly. as they would yeah. like, or yeah. they're selling in a much different demographic than, yeah than I am here in the Sunshine State, right? So uh, for me, a lot of these homes that we, we go into, solar just doesn't, flat out doesn't make sense to them, right? If they're, they're 75, 80 years old and they don't qualify for a tax credit. I mean, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, right? I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but the lease has its place. It does have its place in solar. Uh, you know, I think just as much as the loan does, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's the, to extrapolate a little bit from that is, it's surprising how much salespeople try to impose their values on someone. Yeah. Even though that's not what the person wants. Like, like with, I mean, you have kids, I have kids, you know, like I want my kid to eat vegetables all the time. But I'm, <laughs> I don't, I also don't want him to starve. Right. So exactly. I will make some concessions sometimes. 
yeah. <laughs> that's my child. He has free will, you know? Uh, so salespeople come into this thing thinking they're like all knowing and they're like, I can push this whatever I want to the homeowner. It's like, no, dude, like that's a that's a grown man. That's a grown <laughs> woman. Like you you ask questions, you be honest and transparent, and they'll make a freaking decision. You Absolutely. know? So anyway, that's that's I went off there for a second. Sometimes kids won't eat the vegetables. You got to give them a, a strawberry gummy or something instead, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pretend it's a vegetable or fruit, right? No, it's it, any going solar, even if the lease is way better than, than staying with a, with a power company, you know? So if, if that's and what I've noticed in, in every market where there's been a lease, solar adoption has increased rapidly and eventually they'll transition the loan mostly, right? Eventually they will. So it's, that lease is is vital and, and I think the lease is only going to strengthen as, as time goes on even without the ITC um, because because people people are going to want to fund those and make money off of them you know they won't make as much money as they did with a with a tax shelter with some tax arbitrage if you, you really dig into the lease, if you really dig into a lot of people's leases the way they're written as well or even PPAs in certain markets right the way they're written as well a lot of times they have those buy buy in, buying options as yeah. well which aren't very much different alone either right so uh, yeah. a lot of times it's not like it's a huge difference in it either yeah. um i don't really understand why a lot of people are scared of it i think it's just from the lack of knowledge or the lack of access to it right so yeah. i think that's more so of what it is but uh you know yeah. once people understand it and understand their customer they know that that value is there yep cool so and well to to a little bit more on the lease you guys recently launched a very very lucrative lease market um, which I didn't know about before this call and like you got me salivating a bit. So tell me a little bit about that. It's nice, man. So like when I moved from uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida to do solar in uh, up in Atlantic City, New Jersey, Egg Harbor Township, right? Um, I, uh, I was in Brevard County. I was in Florida Power and Light. Uh, so my main goal was always to get back here and have, a, have solar in Florida Power and Light. You really know what that meant. It's very hard in finance. There's a lot of uh, people that don't know much about Florida. There's a lot of retired people uh, down here in Florida Power and Light, um, and there's super low rates. So for a long time, we were only able to offer finance. Now we can actually offer that third-party ownership to people uh, in Florida Power and Light as well, and it's pretty much all across the state, right? So we're starting to actively recruit teams throughout the entire state for Florida Power and Light. Uh, and then also customers as well. So super excited. I just got to move back towards the beach. So I'm back over here on the East coast of by the beach, a little, a little way from central Florida now. So back out towards the Cocoa beach side in Vieira, Florida. So it's nice to get back here. We just started another office and, and going to ramp up just did a couple installs down in uh, Hollywood, Florida and Miami. So going to be exciting, man. That lease is really going to explode out in this market. There's a lot of people who could not go solar out here before that we before we couldn't we couldn't help and uh, it's super exciting to be able to help a lot of those family and friends and and people that you couldn't help before you know it kind of felt like my hometown right I'm from Virginia but I lived here for so long it's very very special to me and uh, it's exciting to be able to give people those other options that they deserve right so super pumped man it's gonna explode here a lot of the uh, the same mindset, a lot of people that are that are very green mindsetted here, uh, just like California, especially towards the beaches here in Florida Power and Light, and people that care about their environment, care about 
the future of, of uh, our ecosystem and our children, right? So it's it's uh, we're getting massive feedback from here. It's gonna be super exciting, man. I'm I'm pumped. As you see, the smile doesn't go away. I'm I'm super pumped to be back out here and and be able to offer all these products to everyone. Yeah. So the just to, for some people that may not know solar a little bit. So traditionally, you could only offer a lease, which is basically a no cost option to homeowners or no money down, and they just pay without a loan or anything to a cheaper power bill. You can only offer in Duke territory, which is really just central Florida and a little bit throughout other places, but Florida Power and Light's like the largest utility there. And to be able to offer a leasing product to a huge community of people that didn't have access to solar is like, I, mean, I, I have no idea how many millions of people, millions of homes, Florida Power and Light offers. That's just like, that's gonna be huge. really massive. Yeah, they, they service uh, the most in the state of Florida and, um, you know, they, uh, they, these hurricanes really hit them as well. So they're getting ready to go up here also. So it makes solar even a little more appealing out here. And to be able to do that where people don't have to worry about whether what their income is or whether or not they qualify for a tax credit or uh, for them to just say, hey, I'd rather have clean power. I'd, I'd, I'll pay you guys for it. Yeah. You know, or I'd rather have clean power. I'll pay you guys for those that, that solar equipment and, and we'll get our power the clean way. It's, it's kind of... Um, kind of just what you ultimately want, right? So really cool, amazing option, man. It's the Uber of taxis now, right? That's what everybody's always said. It's just a, it's the, uh, it's the smartphone. Nobody really has house phones anymore. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has a smartphone. It's a little more cost efficient. Take it with you. It just makes more sense, right? So that's what we're getting the word out there. And people are, it's amazing feedback, man. It's been awesome. So you, and, and uh, floor power light is not the only cool thing you guys have going on over there. Um, here in March, you have something else coming up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah, so exciting! It's been it's been a little overwhelming. We've had had a lot of people coming in. It's brought a lot of attention our way in a, in, a, in a good way. Uh, but we paired up with uh, the Real Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, uh, to do some events for us. It's actually going to be like a uh, a sales training slash career fair as well. So anybody that's interested in getting into solar. I can go to it, uh, but it's also going to be a straight line uh, sales training as well. It's a full day. Y'all get to hear from our CEO, uh, Dan Javon, uh, from our uh, president as well, Tom Rodola, our VP, Bob Jones, myself will be on stage speaking with Belford also. Uh, Dan Fleshman as well uh, will be there hosting the event and on stage. We, we actually went all out for this. It's going to be pretty exciting. We got a lot of people that have done um, uh, done uh, these big uh, mastermind, big big conferences. Yeah, I got to be careful using names, right? But they've done these big conferences, other big motivational speakers, and we brought them in uh, to do these events. The first one is in March, March 28th, at the Hard Rock Casino in Atlantic City. Uh, that's going to be super exciting. It's going to be an all-day event. We have, like, VIP tickets. We're doing poker night with Jordan after so people can get like VIP tickets to play poker with them, uh, ask him questions, uh, which will be really, really cool. But uh, there's all this cool stuff that's excited. I'm sure you'll have the link on there. I'll, we'll have the link uh, for you as well. The other one will be mid-May. I believe the, the date's going to be May 14th, uh, but it's going to be mid-May. I'll give you that exact date as well. Uh, and we're setting down the venue um, uh, for here for Orlando as well. So it'll be down here in Florida in mid-May. It'll be the same type of ordeal. We're going to do something a little different than the poker night. We're doing Atlantic City, right? Get to play poker with Jordan. We're going to do something a little bit uh, 
uh, something a little more sunny down here in Florida. I'm not sure what we're going to do, but I'm sure it'll be pretty cool. Uh, so we'll have that, that stuff going as well. But it's exciting, man. Um, we're doing a lot of free ticket giveaways, things like that. So uh, uh, if anybody needs to reach out, a lot of veterans, uh, we're doing heroes tickets. So police officers, firefighters, military, anybody like that, that wants to come to this event, have them reach out to me as well. Uh, I'll leave my info also, and we'll make sure that they, they have access to get to this event as well. So how, how, how did you guys land Jordan Belfort? I mean, he's a big name, and I know, I actually know what his like, schedule's like and some of his speaking fees. So, <laughs> like, because I've had, I've worked with our event coordinators on, on stuff with him. So. Have you seen my Spartan chant, man? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. So like, a little crazy. No, so we have, we have amazing contacts. And I tell you, man, I've worked, I've worked with some really great people in this industry. And uh, one of my things is you really, uh, I love to have people do what they love to do, right? Yeah. We just, we have uh, some connections with people that we use for things that they love to do. And they have good connections. They put us in touch with the right people. And I tell you, it was some amazing phone calls uh, watching all that unfold and being, being a part of, of all of that and putting that together. It's a lot of work, Cody. It's something I, I'm more comfortable in solar. This is kind of new to me as well doing this. But uh, this is something that's, that's exciting. You really don't know how much is involved in it. But it's something that uh, we found people that have uh, what they love to do. And they're very, very good at it. We have them doing it all. And uh, they put us in touch with the right people, man. It's, it's, uh, we're doing big things too, right? So, so let, let's, let's say I'm like a normal sales rep. Why would I want to go to one of these events? Like, what am I going to get out of it? It's going to take, so, you know, people pay, what, 10 grand, five grand to go to, go to Grant Cardone. It's the same way. Uh, if you've seen any of Jordan's straight line stuff, um, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's tend to make his claim now on doing honest business and teaching people that you can do honest business and make money that way as well. And he's come from, you know, making an insane amount of money, kind of the, the, eh, on the touchy ways. Right. And then having to pay the price for that and giving it all back and coming out of that and being something greater. Uh, you know, some he's kind of made their stake on taking a bunch of, a bunch of washed up or individuals who didn't really make it. And we've kind of created something super special. We wanted to keep that trend. And Jordan kind of bought in, in that behind it. And we, we really bought into Jordan, obviously. Uh, it's Jordan, right? We really bought into Jordan as well and what he does. And we thought it was just an amazing pairing. Uh, you're going to get some, some, straight, uh, some straight on uh, sales training. That's going to be a lot of solar specific, but a ton of it is not solar specific, right? So most of the days it's going to be mastermind red carpet events to be able to meet up with some of these business owners. Uh, I would say the majority of people that are coming to this, Cody, are not people that are in solar, right? People that are entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of people that are coming out that want to learn how to build a business or want to learn sales or how to take their company to the next level and be able to duplicate. A lot of people just can't duplicate or they don't know the process of what they're doing, of why it works. You might be a great salesman already, but they don't know the process of why it works or where to pinpoint that. And I think a lot of what Jordan does and what he's gonna do at this event is teach people how to pinpoint, if you're doing stuff properly, how to pinpoint what you're doing and teach that. Uh, and also, if you don't know what you're doing or you're not doing it properly, how to pinpoint what you're not doing, right? But I think that's what a lot of it is. You'll see most of the straight line persuasion, a lot of new material that he has out as well. Um, he's going to have, you know, all the packages include other stuff. We'll get all of his, uh, his trainings and things like that, his books. But uh, it's going to be a lot of just heavy 
um, a heavy group of people that are masterminding together, right? And then it's just going to be some intense training from Belk himself, right? In a room that uh, it's hard to get that type of training nowadays from somebody that's done it multiple times on, on different levels, right? So it's going to be exciting. And that power shift, like I said earlier, man, it's the biggest power shift in history. So now you have even big names, you know, uh, Jordan Belfort, Leonardo DiCaprio, all these people trying to trying to get it on as that, that as well. Uh, they see that not only as a business, but as a future, right? So everybody wants to kind of get, get a piece of that also. And uh, it's great to be able to have that, that relationship there too. It's going to be exciting. Man. That's fine. That's really good. And I, I will like put a plug in is for me, I at least do, you know, two lot, two live events a year and it makes a huge difference in my self-development. So for, for dude, come on, I got you, brother. I got you. You won. I got your tickets. No lie. Well, I, we just had a baby. So that's, well, you're right in the middle. So, I'm right in the middle. so we might have to do the, might have to do the, the Florida one, but I'm going to plug like for you guys, for you salespeople that are like, I don't need education guys. Like you have to do these events and you have to go at least to one a year. This one is like, you're getting really premier access for really cheap. Like when I saw the ticket prices, I had to like double check. Cause I go to a lot of live events and I pay a lot of money for some of these things, you know? And, uh, this is really, really great access, very underpriced, like yep. crazy underpriced. Um, so for, for who you're being able to interact with there. So and it's take you to the next level. Like the speakers we have, there are going to speak on, on stuff outside of business. Right. So you're going to get a lot of that life aspect. Uh, I'll be telling my story. I'm not going to do so much business training as I am. You know, I'm going to be telling my story and, 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 uh, hopefully that helps some people and impacts some people as well. So you're going to get an impact outside of just your sales. But I, I fully agree with you, man. I am all about keeping yourself motivated and keeping yourself growing, constantly reading, constantly getting better. And I think that's the only real way uh, is to do it in person. Sometimes a lot of people just do it through books or through YouTube, but when you really get around amongst the people, right around a group of people, it has a bigger impact and you, you learn things from people you had no idea you would learn from too, right? So yeah. it's going to be an incredible group of people there, not just the people that will be on stage or heading up the event, but also the people that are coming to great, great marketing tool as well for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to wrap this up because our time is getting short, but any, anything else you want to go over Warren or plug in or last thing, man, uh, I always like to tell my story uh, a little bit. So uh, one of, I lost one of my closest friends to me uh, when I was 25 years old, man, uh, a guy called me, he went into a coma, went in with his family uh, he came back. I'll make it real short. And, and I know you've probably heard this story before, but okay, take your time. I'm, I'm not in a rush. I'm just, okay. Okay. Cool. I give you full time what you need. Okay, cool. Cool. So I had a, a good friend of mine named Luke uh, when I was in Virginia and uh, uh, we almost like brothers, best friends. Right. And, and Luke had, uh, had called one night. We had a friend that had been out. I decided not to go out. The guy had been acting up and, and we were going to go get him right. Make sure he didn't get in trouble. Luke went to pick him up uh, when they were walking out of the place. Uh, a, a guy punched him in the punched my friend in the uh, in the face, punched Luke in the head. Uh, thought he had hit on his girl or something. Luke had just gotten there, right? Thought he had hit on his girl. Uh, Luke fell back, hit his head on the curb, and his brain started to hemorrhage. He went into a coma. Um, we got a call about five four thirty five that morning uh, that Luke was in a coma and to go to the hospital. So uh, me and a few of my really close friends. Uh, that knew Luke very well went. Uh, we, we met there with his family. Luke was in a coma. He came out of his coma um, for a little while, enough to speak to his family, 
and then enough for, for myself to go in. Uh, when I spoke, saw Luke, Luke had, uh, you know, uh, color, right? You could just come back and seen him when he was in his coma, but he started to get a little color back and looked and seemed to be okay. So he went, Hey, my, my friend, how are you? You know, Luke, you're fine. Thank God. Right. He stops me and he says, Warren, I want to tell you, I'm not going to make it. Um, this was very, very hard for me to take. I wasn't at that point in my life. I wasn't where I am now. I'm 37 years old now. So this has been, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Um, and Luke said, Hey, I'm not, I want to let you know, I'm not going to make it right. Like you're crazy. Stop. And he stops me. Please don't say anything. I want to let you know uh, that God allowed me to come back. I know you're going to take this harder than anybody, right? I want you to know that I'm not going to be here, that you go, you need to go live your life for, for more than yourself. You need to go do it for other people. You need to go do it for me because I can't do it too. So a lot of times the big swing in my life and then, and then he passed away. Right. So for me, that always weighed heavy and I took it the wrong way for a long And then I saw, you know, my very close friends that they took it the right way and they made big things. One of them became a police officer and did a lot of charity and is like a heroic police officer out West. Another one uh, did real estate and tons of charity work. Right. And I was the one that took it the exact opposite way. And, uh, and one day we all got together about Thanksgiving and we, we all had this string attached. And um, uh, Luke had taken the string about a week, two weeks before he passed away, cut a big string and said, hey, uh, cut it into eight pieces and said, hey guys, uh, if something happens to one of us, we'll always be attached, right? We'll always be a part of the same string. And we all laughed at him. We thought it was funny. You know, we had had a couple beers and we all thought it was funny. We kind of picked on him, made fun of him. But when we met up two Thanksgivings later, Everybody that had been at that table that night, uh, when we all had pulled out our keys, we also had that string. So for me, it meant something that kind of changed my life and, and made me realize that I do is an impact on others outside of myself and that I needed to go live my life for others, not just for myself. And when you really start to harness that in, you start to live your life that way, um, there's no telling what life has in store for you, right? I know your motto here is how to have your cake and eat it too. Uh, for me in my life, I really feel like I, I do have my cake and eat it too, right? And I think there's one reason why. When you uh, know that you can make a cake and you can teach somebody else how to make a cake, but more importantly, you can teach them how to teach somebody else how to make that cake, your cakes will never, ever run out, right? Not just for you, but for everybody else. And if you continue that process, you can do bigger things in yourself and you never have to worry about cake. Right. So I hope that helps a little bit. Cody. Hope that tells a, a little bit of my story there. But uh, thank you for having me on, man. It's always it's always a pleasure seeing you as well, too. Yeah, it's good. Th thank you, guys. You got Warren Cox or Centuity. Warren's, you know, just look him up on Facebook. He's very good at responding back to you. They're building great things and appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Cody. Have a great day, man.